is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Adam Azer with Ben Gretsch, Heath Cummings, and Dave Richard. Guys, are you more excited for the NFL draft or... For Fantasy Jeopardy, be honest. The NFL draft. <laughs> Maybe Fantasy Jeopardy. Like it's it's always so much fun to like try to anticipate the way in which you are going to rob the victory from me. <laughs> um, and so I like I'm sure people are just like I know Ben Gretsch is very excited. Yeah, Ben, what's your answer? NFL draft or fantasy jeopardy? Fantasy Jeopardy for sure. There we go. And I'm excited for the job. I'm excited for both. I can't wait. Both are going to be great. So I'm also really excited to talk to Saquon Barkley. So you're going to hear this show on Thursday. Uh, the Barkley interview will be the, the last portion of it. Today on this show, which we're recording on Wednesday night and publishing Thursday, where we don't really have much news and notes, but I'm going to ask you guys which NFL veterans have the most to gain or lose in fantasy value. And we are going to play Fantasy Jeopardy and read your emails at fantasyfootballcbsi.com and your Apple Podcast comments as well. It's never a bad time to leave us a nice review. We'd really appreciate it on Apple Podcasts. Five-star review with a question. We will read it on the air. Uh, in terms of the news and notes, you know, there's a lot of rumors. O.J. Howard, hey, he could go to Washington or New England or Tampa Bay. The Dolphins apparently really like Tua and are going to take him at five unless they don't take him at five. And uh, don't take a quarterback. Um, so, bunch of you know rumors that could drive you crazy. And Percy Harvin wants to return. That's actually a news item. Who would be interested in a Percy Harvin football return from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Let's send him to Indianapolis. Um, and yeah, he he could. Percy Harvin is an incredible athlete. He really, really, really struggled staying healthy. Um, but if he's available, like an end of the draft pick, sure. It'd be fun. No. I think both of the last two NFL jerseys I bought were Percy Harvin. And I think he's the only guy I ever bought two different teams for. Loved that guy. Really? Interesting. What was the second? Was, so Seattle and, and who else? The Vikings before that. Ah, okay. Okay. I mean, you guys are just being a little too nostalgic here. I mean, he wasn't great the last couple of years he was on the field. When he was in Minnesota, he was awesome. And then when he got traded to Seattle, I, I felt like things really started to fall apart for him. There's injury concerns. There would be age concerns if he comes back. Um, migraine concerns, is that still a thing? I'm not I'm not going to partake in any Percy. Yeah, you don't like fun. <laughs> um, like, That's right. That's why I'm on a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> I thought, I thought midway through you had stopped talking about Percy and we're talking about Rob Gronkowski. Oh, this we is, could say the same no. thing about Gronk. Excuse me, you can say the same thing about it, Percy Harvin has not been good since 2012. Okay, that's fair, but Gronk hasn't been great that's since only 2017. Eight years. 2017 is a lot more recent than 2012. Says who? <laughs> okay, let's move on. Uh, we are giving away the first spot of the 2020 Listeners League. To win, go to our Facebook page, Fantasy Football Today, or click on the link in the episode description. It'll take you directly to my post. Uh, you can comment on my post with your prediction of the top 10 picks of the NFL draft in order. Whoever's closest to the exact order gets the spot. The tie will be broken by the earlier entry, the one that was submitted sooner. Uh, but you've got until draft time to get those in. I think draft time. Don't I guess don't play it too close, but you know, I'll tell you what. I'm going to say you have until draft time. If you don't have until draft time, Ben Schrager can interrupt me uh, in the middle of the podcast. Uh, if you are eager to bet on sports again, the Pick Six NFL Podcast has you covered with a full NFL draft gambling preview available in their feed right now. You can hear from Vegas experts on the best draft props. That's cool. Just like us, Pick 6 is also going to be podcasting immediately after the conclusion of each day of the draft, so you can expect full breakdowns on their podcast and on our po podcast by the time you wake up the next morning. Download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever else podcasts are found to the Pick 6 podcast. So as we get ready for the draft tonight, well, really tomorrow night for us, but tonight when you're listening, 
Which NFL veterans have the most to gain or lose in fantasy value? Ben Gretsch, what do you think? Running backs. I mean, there's a lot of running backs. Um, I've been really surprised with the Rams backs where they're ranked right now. It seems like they're already being valued like a high-profile running back's been drafted, so I don't know that they're necessarily the ones that have the most to lose. Um, Ronald Jones, Damian Williams, if if they were to add a high-profile back, which doesn't seem necessarily likely for the Chiefs. Um, I always think it's going to be running backs. Whoever gets those top three maybe four but probably just top three backs um the the incumbent is going to their value is going to get slashed okay dave heath chip in yeah that's Uh, a theory i don't i'm not not certain that that's going to happen because nobody has the the bills only lose like he may not he if if they don't draft someone then he we need to talk about Devin Singletary like a top 15 running back. Right, which is how I have it ranked. Remember, Buffalo traded its first-round pick away to get Stephon Diggs. I think they traded their third along with it. So there's really only one shot that they'll have at adding another running back unless I, I some think, guys start to slide. I think a risk for Singletary would be that A.J. Dillon or Zach Moss is there in the fourth round, and those guys steal the touchdowns and split the rushing down work. You know who else that's a risk for? I Josh just gotta, Allen. I gotta come at uh, Heath a little bit here. Uh, Please. Who else? That's a risk. Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, <laughs> man. No, that's my expect. I, my expectation, like I don't think AJ Dillon or Zach Moss is really much more of a threat than Justin Jackson. What is okay. this? What is Justin Jackson? I mean, I I don't really get the hype on Justin Jackson, but I I don't. I'm a broken. I'm not hyping that. Justin Jackson. Okay. No, but he is a guy who's there, and they're going to give a running back twelve to fifteen touches. It's not named Austin. Yeah. Uh yeah. You know, I'm not sure if they do that. Even uh, unless they spend, unless they spend the draft capital. I was wrong on Buffalo. They've got pick fifty four and eighty six. So those are two shots that they have to add one of these running backs that we've talked about over the last week and change. Chargers also have two picks, thirty seven and seventy one. I'm not going to count six. I don't think they're going to take, you know, Taylor Swift at sixth overall. That would be pretty stupid. But those, one of those picks could go toward a running back, and and that could obviously impact Eckler. But I think, I think it would have to be one of those top five backs that we've talked about that would have that would have a chance, a good chance, to take that much work away from Eckler. If it's Moss, if it's Dylan, if it's Anthony McFarland, who I'm kind of getting excited about the more I watch him play. I don't. I'm. I'm not certain those guys are going to get that much work. I think that they've basically pot committed to Eckler, um, given their actions this offseason. Dylan's a perfect fit, and that's where I want Dylan to land because I like Dylan. Um, he is the same weight as Derrick Henry, but three inches shorter. Derrick Henry is obviously very tall, but that also means his BMI is bigger. He ran uh, a 40 yard dash one one hundredth of a second faster. I mean, from a weight and and 40 yard dash perspective, he is essentially Derrick Henry. And, and it's not not just like every drill that they both did at yeah. the combine. Mm-hmm. AJ Dillon yep. was slightly better than Derrick Henry. Jumps, broad jump, vert. He has all the explosiveness of Derrick Henry. Um, BFF gave him great uh, grades in terms of uh, broken tackle rate. So you know, if you think Derrick Henry is you know a fluke in, in that sense, a, a untackleable player, AJ Dillon graded out really well in that in that sense too. So I think he's a great fit alongside Eckler, where he could handle the early down work and, and take those 12 to 15 carries like Keith was saying. Yeah. And I think that by the way, Eckler four year deal, $24.5 billion, 15 million guaranteed. That's what Dave was saying. Pot committed. I just want to mention though, you know, you can look at the draft board and say, well, this team has this pick, this pick, this pick. You just never know. They could trade sure. two fourth round sure. picks, move up and you know, whatever it may be. You never know where they're going to end up. Um, I, I think from my perspective, the Raiders and the Eagles have a lot on the line here. Carson Wentz and Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Zach Ertz. Uh, what? Go on. Um, I agree with you on Hunter Renfro. As far, like, I don't know and from a fantasy perspective how much Derek Carr, like, I guess he becomes a, a starter in two quarterback leagues. Yeah. If he's I, the number right. one receiver. I think so. Right. He's not a one quarterback league guy if, he, if they draft a, a number one receiver, but. I think, you know, you could you could look at him as a, a fallback option as your number two guy in a two QB league or 
a high a number three or something like that as the as your third quarterback. But if you, he, you've got to get Mariota with him though, because Mariota will get a chance at some point this year. He he's the least interesting guy that that I mentioned. But in terms of sure of Wentz, Ertz, and Waller. You know, I, I wonder what you think the impact could be if the Raiders or the Eagles grab a wide receiver in round one or round two, given how deep this class is. I wonder, so this is kind of the same same token. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are going to be back, right? Like, they have a lot of dead money on their deals. Yeah, Why right. do we think the Eagles are, like, I watched you guys' stream on Twitch last night, and you guys are really excited about the Eagles' landing spot. I don't think I'm as excited as you guys. Are you expecting Alshon Jeffrey to be healthy and ready to go for week one? I think between between Jeffrey and Jackson and then knowing that Ertz and Goddard are there at tight end, some like if one of Jeffrey or Jackson is healthy, there's not a ton of opportunity. But you got to look to the future if you're the Eagles. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are not. Sure, sure. But I mean, for 2020 redraft, I don't know that it's a, a perfect landing spot for a wide receiver. I think it is because I, I don't see Alshon contributing right away because he's coming back from the foot injury. And then even when he does come back, how long can he last? Plus, he's been inconsistent when he's played. So an infusion to that passing game with, with the youthful receiver that can attack downfield, I, I, I think that that receiver could lead all the wideouts in Philly in targets, catches, yards, and touchdowns. I, I, I'd love to see it. I hope it happens. I really want to see them trade up and get Lamb. That would make yep. me a happy camper. If they get rugs, I feel like it's it's kind of I, I know he's not exactly the same as Deshaun Jackson. He's probably well, obviously he's a lot younger, but I think he could probably be um, eventually as good of a route runner as Deshaun is and contribute more in the short area. Uh, he's not as brittle, but I, I would be excited. I would be really pumped if if they made a big move. They traded you know their first in twenty twenty one or something like that. Get that Lamb or Judy on their team and and start pelting him with targets from Carson Wentz. And it would be great long-term, but it would be great short-term too. It, it would be interesting to see if that would change their approach because there really has not been that much opportunity available at wide receiver in the Eagles offense. They have been, I believe, the only team each of the last two years to throw less than 50% of their team's targets to wide receivers. Um, they just are very, very heavy on the running backs and tight ends. And I don't know, like Ben brings up the Alshon Jeffrey thing, and I have felt really weird about the way that like every everyone is viewing Alshon Jeffrey and what he like. I, I have no idea. They can't like they could cut him and just lose all that money. I think it's uh, negative. So they might as well squeeze something out of it. But yeah. I don't think they can. I don't think anybody's gonna trade for well, him. But listen, no, it's no, no. it's not necessarily about the wide receiver that ends up there. It's about Carson Wentz, because I, I think, you know, Zach Ertz has led the team in receiving three straight years. And I'm sorry, I just don't think that's the recipe for greatness offensively. Did you know the Eagles ran the most plays in the NFL last year? And I they, believe that. And they've been, yeah, top, they've been top eight in plays each of the last three years. They were third, eighth, and uh, and first, I believe, in, in that. So that's an exciting, that's an exciting you know, offense in that regard, but but they have unexciting players, and so they need dynamic players. You know, their yards per catch leader was Miles Sanders. After that, it was Dallas Goddard. They need guys who can make plays desperately. So I think it could really boost Carson Wentz because, quite frankly, his numbers as a passer were just were pretty pedestrian last year. He was on pace for like 4,100 yards, 4,039 yards. That's really not very good. And I think a lot of that is... That's what happens when you throw to tight ends all the time. Like they got to get a playmaker there who can catch the ball five yards downfield and go sixty yards for a touchdown. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Come on, I, feel it. I like. I feel like if you were going to go with the Waller Ertz angle, you should have included Kittle. I tried That's to do true. that. I think earlier this this week, and it got shut down a little bit. But because I or maybe it was on Twitch, I can't remember. But I said like. Do you think George Kittle would lose? And and you guys said Debo would and not Kittle, right? I right. That's kind of how I feel about the um the Raiders and Eagles situations too. What? But I thought you were the low. Well, I mean, I don't. I, I I've already downgraded Ertz from where he finished last year. But that's completely different than what I was saying. It, this is about Wentz. This is about Wentz getting the playmaker that he needs because they don't have playmakers. I think I'm the high guy on Wentz. Um. So I. 
I'm not going to move him ahead of Deshaun Watson. I have him eighth. They don't have playmakers at wide receiver is what I meant. Right. Oh, okay. Any final thoughts here, guys? Carry on Johnson is one other name that I'd keep an eye on. I can't imagine the Lions are excited about his prospects as being a full-time running back. I know he's young, but consecutive years where knee injuries sideline him for a long period of time. And he, he was great in flashes and they've got, they've got good draft capital now. And if they trade down from three, they'll have even more. So they've got plenty of chances to add another running back. I suspect they would. There was a, where did I see it? There was somebody that reported that they were very high on Leonard Fournette back when he was coming out. And so even if they don't get one of the running backs, in the draft class, they could make a deal for Fournette and he could go to Detroit to work with carry on. That would be messy, but I've, I've already ranked carry on. Like he's going to share. I'm not nearly as excited about him as I was last year. And I have a feeling we'll see him get some company in the next three or four days. Adam, we have some breaking news that I think is especially relevant to you. <laughs> okay. Um, it, I just scrolled across my Twitter feed, um, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning are doing a golf charity event on in uh, May. Great. Um, I long, need your thoughts on it. As this. long as they weren't doing it two weeks ago in New York, you know, the... the, the I didn't ca- say the location the of capital where they're going of to be playing. Coronavirus, then, you know... I don't know if... I would assume they're all going to have their own carts. Look, it was a very uh, regrettable night. One, one of the worst nights of my <laughs> professional career. Absolutely hated everything about it. Um, so I don't really want to relive it anymore, to be quite honest with you. I'd rather move forward with some Fantasy Jeopardy, ladies Ooh, and gentlemen. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Okay, I've got only two categories, and I've got three <laughs> questions per cat or answers. So there's six ca- total. There's six. six questions. Yeah, six. Yeah. Is there a daily double? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess there's a daily double. Is there a final Jeopardy? <laughs> There is not a final Jeopardy this, at this, this point. This is already off the rails. Okay, you know what? <laughs> you know what? Ben Schrager is listening right now. He's he's silent. Ben Schrager, you've got probably five to ten minutes. Come up with final Jeopardy. Come up with a category and an answer. Come up with final Jeopardy. We will do final Jeopardy. All right, I so you're... Can you get negative What did you say? No, you cannot you, get negative points. You cannot get negative points. Okay. You cannot get negative points. Uh, I don't remember the Daily Double rule... If you have like two hundred dollars, what you're allowed to wager? As much as the the highest number in the category. Usually, okay. Right? All right. Then yeah. there you go. Then that'll be six hundred dollars. And if you lose that, then you can go into the negatives. Oh. Okay. Ooh. On the daily double, you can go negative. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. So we have two categories. So can you just not answer if you don't want to? Because every other one where you're choosing to answer and you can't go negative. I will allow that. One where you're the only one yeah. who can answer, you can go negative? Yeah, I think it, I think you're right. I think that's a disadvantage. You can risk a dollar, double. though. You don't have to risk. He it's brings a up a good double. point. You choose. Well, I've already screwed up Fantasy Jeopardy. We haven't I don't gotten think I want the Daily Double. <laughs> okay. All right. You know what? Here's a twist. <laughs> oh, God. Daily Double. You can wager whatever you want. If you get it wrong, you lose the money. But if you get the daily double, you can choose to play it or you can choose to assign it to a different <laughs> contestant. Here's the twist. We're going to be playing Family Feud instead of Jeopardy. Here's the, 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 the twist is it's going to take longer to explain Fantasy Jeopardy than to actually play Fantasy Jeopardy because there's only six questions. I feel prepared. Okay. The two categories are keeping up with the Joneses. This is not... <laughs> a fantasy category but it is keeping up with the joneses it is nfl draft related and then the other category is just called actual fantasy so it's kind of an oxymoron but it's fantasy football questions or answers literal fantasy yeah so uh i'm gonna get i'm gonna let heath uh i'm gonna let heath have the board heath keeping up with the joneses or actual fantasy keeping up with the joneses for 600 adam okay two four and 600 uh all right for 600 Oh, by the way, Wait, how do we buzz, buzz in? in by saying your name? All right. The sixth running back selected in his draft class. This Jones was selected 15 picks after Lendale White. And some people call him a space cowboy. Some call him the gangster of love. Nobody? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's 
<laughs> that was a hint, by the Heath. way. Heath. Okay, Heath, go ahead. Julio Jones. <laughs> no, it's a, he's a running back. Okay, I'll read it again. The sixth running back selected in his class. This Jones was selected 15 picks after Lendale White. And some people call him a space cowboy. Some call him the gangster of love. So that's Steve Miller, man, the Joker. But what does that have to do with Jones? Okay, nobody's getting oh, it. Ben, I'll say Taiwan Jones. Okay, I think you mean who is Taiwan Jones. The answer, that is not correct. Who is Taiwan Jones? Dave, you have a guess? Hell no. Who is Maurice Jones Drew? And some people call me Maurice. Maurice. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, the Heath, uh, the board is still yours. Um, what are the categories again? Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses for 200, please. He was the 19th running back selected in his draft class in between TJ Logan and Elijah McGuire. Heath. Heath. <laughs> that's and sorry, that's wrong. What the hell's going on? Ben. Ben. Who was Aaron Jones? You got it, Ben, with 200. All right, in between TJ I Logan. I forgot we were on the Joneses category until Heath buzzed in, and then I was like, oh, that's a that's the clue. Because otherwise, how are we supposed to know who was just drafted between Logan and... Well, yeah. Right, yeah what's man. the other category? Literal fantasy? Let's do that. Actual fantasy. Okay, for two, four, or 600. Let's go for uh, 600. Okay. Uh, actual fantasy for, for 600. The, this was the only team with two wide receivers that combined for more than 18 touchdown catches in 2019. Heath. Who, Heath. Chris. Tampa, who are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? That is incorrect. Yeah, that's feels like a trick question. They had Dave. exactly 18. Uh, Dave. Who are the Detroit Lions? Oh, I hit the applause button and it didn't work. Sorry. Yes, you got it right. Wow. Did, there you nice. go. The Detroit Lions. Thank you. Dave Galladay had 11, so I figured that Marvin yeah. Jones held up the other. And Jones had like a four-touchdown game. Okay, so Dave got that for 600. Dave, you are the leader right now, and the board is yours. We have Keeping Up with the Joneses for 400, or we have Actual Fantasy for two or 400. I'll take Keeping Up with the Joneses for 400, and who is Ronald Jones? <laughs> no. A top 10 pick in his class. This arcade-like defender enjoyed a 12-year career with four different teams. This what-like defender? This arcade-like defender enjoyed a 12-year career with four different Dave. teams. Dave. Who is oh, Pac-Man Jones? He's, it was Dave, and Dave got it right. You've got a thousand, Dave. Do you, did I ever tell you about the time? Did I ever tell you about the time I tried to interview Pac-Man Jones at the rookie symposium, and I asked a question, and he just walked away from me. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> he just—he was not interested. Like he seemed to be engaged until I asked him the question, and it was just like, you know, how would you defend Braylon Edwards? It was something like that. And he just walks away from me. He. he wasn't interested. Braylon Edwards also in his draft class. Uh, I used to be young. Adam, I, I, what the hell am I doing? You have actual fantasy for two hundred or four hundred. Actual fantasy for four hundred. Hey, that's your daily double. Yes. And you've got a thousand dollars right now. You can play or you could pass this on to someone else. I'll play. Um, Nine hundred and twenty-five dollars and your hair. Nine hundred. Wow. You are risking a lot here, Dave. He's going big. Let's go. Okay, you're not going to get this. In full PPR <laughs> leagues, in full PPR leagues, the amount of wide receivers who finished in the top 10 among all non-quarterbacks. So top 10 players that were running backs, wide receivers, or tight ends, the amount of wide receivers in full PPR that finished in the top 10. Hmm. Well, it ain't 10. Because that would be weird. Uh, what is three? That is incorrect. Uh, You're down to $75. And you lost your hair. The answer is four. You Mike, should see this big mop four. on Azer's head right now. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Thomas, Chris Goblin, Julio Jones, Cooper Cup. They finished second, eighth, ninth, and tenth in full PPR in CBS Leagues. Baba Black Sheep, have you any wool? <laughs> it's on Adam's head for the rest of the quarantine. All right, Dave. Quite rhyme, the board like is still it. yours. You are losing to Ben. Ben has 200. 
right? Yeah. Yep. Dave has $75 and Heath has zero. So uh, the answer here... The scale, wait, the scale is 200, 400, 600, and none of us is over 200. Dave somehow is 75. <laughs> it's, it's the risk. That was uh, a t- that's a t- really terrible strategy from Dave, actually. <laughs> like, all he had horrible. to do was say $1, and he would have clinched it because the 200 is all that was left. Yeah, he would have won the game. Uh, the amount of top 10 quarterbacks in six point per passing touchdown leagues who had fewer than 200 rushing yards. Heath. Heath. Wait, what is one? Heath is on the board. One quarterback. So did you just say that there was two 200s left is all? No, that's it. We're done. That's it. We just ran the board. All right. So here, thank God. Here's the score. Heath and Ben are tied at 200. Dave is at 75. Final Jeopardy, everybody. Final Jeopardy. The category is kickers. Kickers. What? Kickers. Oh, the the uh, Colts sign. I would like to write my bid down. It's 200. The Colts signed Trey Burton, by the way. Um, um, I will also wager... Hmm. I'm not going to just tell everyone what I'm always <laughs> Yeah, you don't <laughs> say out loud what you wager. Uh, everybody, you wager zero dollars. Everybody, I uh, send me an I am. He's 100% going to wager uh, 124, because that means even if he gets it wrong, I can't beat him. No, that's not you, true, because if, if you double you up, right, you get 150. Yeah, oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. All right, so everybody, See, I am me. better at Wheel of Fortune, guys. That that was my game. I am me your, I am me your, uh, your wagers. Everybody, I am me your wagers. Okay, Heath, I am me his. Can wait for Ben and uh, two hundred. Okay, Ben's two hundred. Dave, you can you can play the the (laughs) strategy game. I'm going all in. All right, cool. All right, so uh, Ben Schrager gave this to me in the form of a question, which is really messed up. (laughs) This kicker scored the most fantasy points in a single single season since 2010. This kicker has scored the most fantasy points in a single season since 2010. And We're I'm going to give about the best kicker season in a decade. I'm going to give you a hint. It happened in 2011. <laughs> okay, oh, that, that 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 definitely helps. Oh, so 2011. Mm-hmm. Hold do, on, wait. Where's the music? Where do you want it's me to voting. message you my answer? I got a good. I got a good guess. Okay, dun, everybody. Dun, I am me. I am me. Your answer. Dun, dun, dun. There it is. Wait, this is chat. Oh, you want it in Slack or something? No, I want it in IM, in Gmail. I'm not going up for chat. Oh, on Gmail, yeah. All right, I got a guess from Dave. I got a guess from Heath. Do I have a guess from Ben? All right, let's go around the room here. Dave, you're in last place. You wagered all of your money, $75. (laughs) <laughs> all going to zero. You actually uh, wagered three million four hundred fifty thousand, but you didn't have that much. We'll give you seventy-five. Uh, your answer is David Akers. That is correct, David Akers. Oh, <laughs> Heath, you wagered two hundred. A lot on the line here, Heath. Uh, two hundred, and your answer was David Akers. You got it. Wow. All right, Ben, you needed to get this right to keep pace with Heath. What did you do? I guess Neil Rackers, who kicked a lot of field goals one year for the Cardinals, but apparently was not the correct answer. <laughs> David Akers. That means Dave is actually the winner because he didn't take that daily double seriously. He had a thousand dollars. I'm gonna give this one to Dave. Way to go, Dave. <laughs> All right, that was uh, that was a fun. Do I get a speech? No, you don't get a speech. You don't get. Why a not? Speech. I just, I, just like, what are you talking about? I got. I am so impressed that you guys got David Akers right. Uh, way to okay, go! Neil Rackers I, I literally just thought of the goals? kicker who kicked a ton. In the... Neil Rackers made forty field goals, but it was in two thousand and five, so mm. it was a lot older. <laughs> Classic mistake. All right, we're going to finish the show with some Apple Podcast questions and your emails. This is from R. Cody D. Seems like in half PPR leagues, people tend to weigh PPR rankings more heavily than non-PPR rankings. Would a contrarian strategy yield better value in half PPR? Should we expect to find valuable picks among players who fall in half PPR because they don't stand out in receptions, like a Tyreek Hill at the end of the first, a Derrick Henry in the middle of the second, uh, Mac, A.J. Brown, etc.? 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I thought yeah too, but then I also think that if you're always playing PPR like me, I tend to value those guys because I'm I feel like I'm moving away from my my standard. I think it's all about what your like your standard is. I think it's important to value receptions to some degree and if even if receptions count for a half a point using PPR rankings bakes in a lot of that. I mean there's there's going to be players that are just way too reception heavy, but a lot of them are going to come uh, toward the end of the draft, I would say there, there's a couple that will take that, you know, hundred catches, but the yards and the touchdowns aren't that great. Maybe you devalue those guys over the course of, of your drafting. Maybe you can improve. Uh, maybe you're willing to take some running back chances a little bit later on that you wouldn't in a full PPR. You know, Sony Michelle might look a little decent to you once you get past round six as a guy for your but ben, hopefully your bench and not your starting lineup. You don't want to start the year with Sony as a starter for your squad, but you get the point. There, 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 there are ways to kind of adjust to it, but more or less I like to stick with the PPR rankings uh, as long as the PPR points are for half or more. So the scoring is slightly different in the leagues I was looking in. I looked in a full PPR and a half PPR league. Uh, one of them was a decimal scoring league, so it's it's just a little bit different, but in the PPR league... Let's just compare two players. Chris Godwin, who was the number two wide receiver in fantasy, and Mark Ingram, who had a really good year. In full PPR, Mark Ingram scored 42 fewer fantasy points than Chris Godwin. So, like, not even close. Chris Godwin, much better than Mark Ingram. They scored almost exactly the same amount of points in half PPR. Godwin had four more points. So, obviously, like, look, all you have to do is some math, right? It's not, it's not a hard concept, but just, just to think about that. Mark Ingram scoring the same amount of points as Goblin and half PPR and 40 fewer points in PPR. Um, it's a big deal. And I think, uh, we always sort of answer people say, what ranking should I use? I think you, we typically answer PPR in for half PPR leagues, but you really can't do that. I mean, you have to, you have I think to you find a half PPR ranking. Yeah. Maybe you guys should do half PPR rankings, but you have to evaluate the, the guys that are like, I guess on one end of either end of the spectrum, a lot of catches or very few catches, they ha- they sort of have to be evaluated separately. I feel right. Like their values yeah. change so much. Yeah, I don't think there's a hard and fast rule to get back to the original question. Okay, uh, let's go to our second <clears throat> Apple Podcast question. It is from Hooks Forty Two X. Should I trade Devonte Adams and pick two hundred one? First pick of round two. For Miles Sanders and pick 102. Yes, yes. And yes. pick 102. Next question. <laughs> yes. Yes, Hooks, you should. All right, Brett from St. Louis. What's up, Trent, Vinny, Brad, and Josh? Quarterbacks for the Bucks: Testaverde, Dilford, Johnson, and Josh Johnson. Two yeah. Johnsons. Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman. Oh, yeah. Well, they had Josh Johnson, too, didn't they? They did. But I this is Josh definitely Freeman. Josh Freeman. Uh, I feel like I'm the only person not buying into Tampa Bay. A 43-year-old quarterback on a new team with a new head coach. His most comfortable weapon is a soon-to-be 31-year-old injury-prone WWE-trained tight end. Last I checked, Bruce Arians didn't utilize his tight ends. Not to mention their 29th-ranked team defense and below-average offensive line. Am I the only one that feels like this is a Florida income tax-exempt money grab? Feels like a lot of the Cleveland hype from last year. Tom Brady really needs the income tax benefit. <laughs> I, I think part of the reason why Gronk came back was to pick up the ten million on his contract. I think there's no doubt about that. I, I also uh, think I also think there's no doubt that this offense is going to be more Brady centric than I first believed when when he went there. I don't think Bruce Arians is going to say, "Okay, now Brady, you're you know the greatest of all time. Gronk, you're a Hall of Fame tight end." you must conform to my system or else, you know, shaking his fist. I think it's going to be more of, Tom, what are you comfortable with? We don't have a normal offseason. Let's let's put in your favorite plays in this playbook, and I'll adjust it to you, which kind of hurts Mike Evans even more when you think about it. But I, I, I'm thinking that that's what we're going to see. Heath, I the feel like you want to be in there. likely outcome is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have fewer offensive yards um, and probably even fewer touchdowns than they did in 2019. Their defense is going to get a lot better. It already did. 
they got a lot better down the stretch. And uh, they probably won't have to throw as much. But I, I don't think... Th- I'm not comparing this to Cleveland because Tom Brady in, in Baker Mayfield, you know, there's just no comparison. There's, well, Baker Mayfield was better... It's not year. It, it's not that. It's it's the professionalism. I mean, this is a veteran yeah, it's team. The coaching too. The coaching. coaching absolutely. Freddie Kitchens compared absolutely. to Bruce Arians. Like, let's. That's Man, not even a comparison. I'm buying it. I. I don't know. Are they the favorites in the NFC? No. Uh, Who is? They're close. Saints. I think the Saints would have to still be a favorite. I think the 49ers Fort, deserve yeah. some credit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I, I saw a lot of people right after the Gronk thing um, joyfully talking about betting the over on Tampa Bay's win total, which was nine, I believe. And so I had asked on Twitter, at what point would you bet the under on the win total? Bet 13. Wow. <laughs> now, I'm not saying Jeez. that I expect them to win 12 <clears throat> games, but I wouldn't feel comfortable betting the under because I think they could be that good. Ben? I would probably take the under on, I don't know, 11. I would take the under on 11, and I would consider the under on 10.5 without looking at their opponents. Yeah, Usually I have that information in front of me. I don't because it's at the office, and I've been in the office in four months. But it's it, pending schedule, I would say 11 would be a good one to take the under on. 27% said 9.5 or lower. 44% said 10 or 10.5. 24% said 11 or higher. William Hill has the 49ers, by the way, as the favorite. Super Bowl losers don't always have a great follow-up yeah. season. Uh, yep. This is this is from Nick. Let's go a little faster here, guys. Uh, from Nick, who would you rather have in both half and full PPR, Calvin Ridley or Robert Woods? Ridley. Ridley. Ridley, but I think it's close. From Matt Z in Wisconsin. Hey, gentlemen and scholars. Let's say the Packers draft a wide receiver in round one. In a perfect world, who would you love to see them draft? Who would be an ideal fit? Jefferson. I think he's boy Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Justin Jefferson would fit really well. Uh, Jerry Judy. Yeah, I guess. I mean, but. Look, More realistic, gonna, you know, have free reign. That's what I would say. If if we eliminate, if we eliminate the guys that they're probably not going to get, which are Lamb, Judy, Rugs, um, Jefferson would be great. I think he'd be, he'd I, be I'm a perfect fit on him as a slot guy. Yeah, he is a but, slot guy. Yeah, and I think he could be more than that. I didn't get a chance to really talk about this on HQ, and Heath did a really good job of mentioning it. We were on HQ today, and I mentioned that Jefferson is an NFL ready slot receiver. And Heath mentioned, well, he's also done a lot of work. In 2018, he lined up outside a lot. I think his floor, his NFL career floor, is reliable eight-year slot receiver. And his ceiling is can play anywhere on the field and be a, a, a phenomenal receiver. So he would be great there. I think, I think I'm think i kind of high on Jalen Rager, so I'm going to say that That's he would be a good say. fit. I think yeah. Denzel Mims would be a good fit. All right, so you take every first-round receiver as the best fit. No, the best one would still be either. I, I would say Jefferson probably the best fit. But <laughs> listen, it's Green Bay. I'm, I'd be excited about anybody they have. That's true. Uh, this I is didn't from mention William. Brandon Ayuk, by the way, Ben. <laughs> from William. Who, who remembers the 90s hit wonder song, Tub Thumper? For some uh, reason. Yeah. That, I, I do. Yeah, I think we all do. That song came across me this week after listening to your podcast and brought visions of Derrick Henry just plowing people without being tackled. Is there any running back in this year's class that could be the new Tub Thumper? Take AJ it away, Dillon. Gretch. Yeah, AJ yep. Dillon. 100% AJ Dillon. From... It, it is AJ Dillon. Like, he's the Derrick Henry, but I will just say that Jonathan Taylor is also a tub thumper. Yeah, that's a good point. I think Dobbins could could, tump, could thump tubs as well. So we got some potential tub thumpers. From Aaron <laughs> Six point for passing touchdown, 12 team Superflex Dynasty League. I give Patrick Mahomes. I get, this is Superflex. I get Josh Allen two. 2021 firsts and one 2021 second round pick. Nah. Yeah, I mean, only if I don't think I'm really competing for a title this year. 
Yeah, it feels like a good value option, right? Because Allen is a valuable player in Superflex. It's going to be a starting quarterback for a while and be decent. But Mahomes might be the number one player in Superflex for the next half decade. Is Allen plus two firsts and, and a future second enough? I, I just I'd rather have Mahomes. I, I even might consider it in a four point for passing touchdown league, but this is six, so that makes it even harder to do, giving up Mahomes. Uh finally from Jared, great email here, last one. I think Will Fuller and Brandon Kit Cooks fit your friendship strategy at the wide receiver position pretty well. Both are pretty late picks, have a good chance one gets hurt and they have Deshaun Watson throwing to them. One of them I feel like could be a top fifteen wide receiver. Booyah, I love it. And it's Will Fuller. So you don't have I, to draft Brandon Cooks. I think you might have to have a pick on one of the ends to pull this off because it feels like Fuller and Cooks are going to be those teammates this year that one of them gets drafted and then it, somebody else remembers like three picks later. Oh, yeah, I should take the other one. Yeah, maybe. It's funny. In our last mock before the draft, I think it was Towers was picking before me, but whoever it was took Cooks and I already had Fuller lined up. We took him back to back. Is this a deal where you take one in late round six and one in early round seven? Uh, I, I feel like that's I when you're going to have to do, do that. It. I would like to have a little more separation there. Uh, by the way, I have to go ask Saquon Barkley if he likes his Pop-Tarts toasted or untoasted. Where where do you guys fall in that great debate? Toasted. Heath? Um, I don't, I haven't had a pop tart in maybe 10 years. I haven't either, but I still remember toasted. I think (laughs) it was absolutely, absolutely toasted. We're going to make Heath eat a pop tart. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back on Thursday night, late night for an NFL draft day one recap. Can't wait. We got to do more podcasts at like 530 because Ben Gretsch is just, he's actually, at a, nor- a normal time, other than rather than six in the morning, uh, out on the West Coast. Thanks a lot to Ben, Dave, and Heath, and to Ben Schrager. Let's talk to Saquon Barkley right now on Fantasy Football Today. Giants running back Saquon Barkley is here on Fantasy Football Today, and just two years ago, he was the second pick of the NFL Draft. We're going to ask him about that, but first, we want to thank Saquon so much for coming on. And before we get to football, let's talk about the important stuff. Tell us what you're doing with FedEx to help fight COVID nineteen, Saquon. Yeah, um, first I want to say, uh, give a huge thank you to all the first responders and everyone on the front line, uh, that are helping us flatten COVID-19. Um, but yeah, with FedEx, you know, I'm proud to be here, uh, on behalf of FedEx. Um, you know, they're playing a major role, uh, in this fight against COVID-19. Um, FedEx has responded to the global pandemic by working around the clock to deliver critical medical supplies to the healthcare community. Um, you know, to keep up to date with the FedEx relief efforts, visit FedEx.com slash coronavirus. Yeah, thank, thanks to FedEx and Saquon and everybody who's chipping in right now, all the first responders. Keep up their great work. All right, so sports are on hold right now, <laughs> but it's good to have you on. It's certainly good to have the NFL draft. Based on, on what you've heard, how confident are you that the football season will be played this year, you know, in the normal normal timeline, normal schedule? Um, you know, it's, everything is kind of just up in the air. You know, we're all kind of just hoping and, uh, and, and praying and everything can get back to normal. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's nothing that I've heard that, um, you know, from, from, from what I've been listening to, that anyone kind of can tell when, when this thing is going to stop or, or when we're, we're going to, you know, uh, put a stop or end to this thing. But, um, so for me, I'm kind of just, just staying that right mindset, trying to, um, you know, learn the system as best I can. And, um, stay in shape as best I can. Um, so when opportunity does present itself, um, I'm ready for it. How would you feel about playing in empty stadiums? Um, you know, for me, the way I think about it, uh, it's football at the end of the day. Um, you know, it, obviously it's entertainment and I, I love, you know, what I do and to be able to do it for the fans. Um, but I, I also love football and football is, you know, one of my first love and something I'm passionate about. And, um, no matter if there's, um, 70, 100,000 people there, or no one there. Um, I, I'm just blessed and fortunate to, you know, continue to be able to go out there and play uh, the sport that I love since I was a little kid. All right, so let's go back uh, two years ago. Let's go to the start of your NFL career and the NFL draft. What can you tell us? What do you remember about that morning, I guess? You know, were you nervous? Or take us take us to the morning of the NFL draft, which obviously was going to be one of the biggest days of your life. Um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Well, the, the, week, the week itself, you know, was truly amazing. Um, two days before I drafted 
um, you know, was able to, to become a father and see the birth of my daughter. Um, but the morning uh, of the draft, um, I, when I woke up, you know, I was kind of excited. Uh, I wasn't nervous. Um, I don't think you should really be nervous in, in that moment. Like, um, you kind of know you're getting drafted. Or for myself, I, I kind of knew I was getting drafted. It was just a matter of when and where. Um, but, uh, you know, for, for me to be able to hear my name called and be able to go on that stage and um, be able to go back home to New York, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely truly amazing. And, um, you know, not only just go home, I, I, I lived hours and change right from my parents also. Um, able to go to their house for, uh, you know, whenever I, whenever I have free time or on holidays and spend quality time with them. So, um, but nervous, no, more excited because, you know, I put in all the hard work uh, to get to this point. Um, uh, and, you know, that, that I was going to be able to achieve that goal and then, um, you know, try to go and achieve that's my goals in the NFL. When did you learn that the Giants were going to take you second overall? Um, they announced the Cleveland Browns are selecting Baker Mayfield, and a little not too long after, um, my phone started ringing. Um, and it, was, it was a jersey number. <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's when I found out I was going to be a, a near giant. So that that whole morning, that whole day leading up to it, you you still did not know where you'd end up. Yeah, no, nah, I, I I no idea. I no idea. <laughs> not at all. All right, so now you're a giant. Uh, first thing I want to know, I, I had read that Eli Manning was really good at playing pranks on people in the locker room. Did he ever haze you or prank you when you were a rookie? Uh, not really. He, he did like this one little thing where he, where he kind of tricked me uh, like, to, to throw grass in my mouth, like having to do like a cavity or something like that or wasn't too. But um, other than that, no, he, he got, I've heard a lot of crazy stories uh, with phones and, you know, all kind of stuff like um, I, I was definitely on my guard, um, but nah, he hasn't got here to get married that crazy. All right, you got off easy, I guess. Um, all right, so uh, your first yeah, right. your first NFL game, you had a 68 yard rushing touchdown against the Jaguars. This big bad Jacksonville defense. You break off a 68 yard rushing touchdown. You now have seven career touchdowns of 50 or more yards. Can you describe for people like me who would probably run out of breath before I could even run 50 yards? Um, what's that feeling like breaking off that long run and knowing that you're going to take it to the house? Well, I didn't know I had seven, uh, uh, career touchdowns over 50 yards. So thank you for, uh, <laughs> uh letting me know that. But, um, it, it's kind of hard to explain, you know, um, you kind of let your body go and you, you just start making cuts and moves. And there's all the preparation that you put in the offseason, all the preparation that you put in on that week of practice and then that week of film. Uh, of seeing everything and how you're going to attack defenders and how defenders are going to attack you. Um, and then when you get into the open field, um, it, it goes back to your training. Um, before, uh, when I first started playing football and, you know, my college days, uh, it was more just off of, you know, natural ability and just trying to um, run as fast as I can. Um, now, you you know, you think about your breathing technique, you're thinking about your, you know, your stride length, uh, how much force you're putting in. Um, you know, it all goes that quick, like through your mind in that short time span. So, um, but yeah, I, I didn't know I had six. I, I know the record's like very famous, like 16 or something like that, or AP like tied it or, or came close to it uh, my rookie year. So that's pretty dope to know. So. <laughs> yeah, you had five as a rookie and, and two last year, and we'll see what you can do. In 2020, I want to ask you about 2020. I want to ask you a little bit about fantasy football, actually, because you know last year you were not the consensus, but probably the the typical number one pick in fantasy drafts. Uh, this year, it's gonna be Christian McCaffrey. I'm sorry about that, but people are gonna go with McCaffrey after what he did last season. Are fantasy managers gonna be making a mistake if they pick anybody over Saquon Barkley this year? I mean, you can't you can't go wrong. Uh, with Christian, um, Christian, he's, he's a great player. He's able to catch a ball um, out the backfield and, and run in between, uh, in between out the tackles. Do he do all that? Um, you know, there's, there's a couple of us out there uh, that can do that. You know, um, we're all talented. So, um, to be completely honest, I don't think they can go uh, any wrong with drafting. You know, any any of those guys, um, you know, especially Christian McCaffrey or, or myself. Um, but you know, there's things that happen during the season that you can't. Uh, you can't prepare for so but you know like you said I think Christian is a, is a great great choice um, myself um, Ezekiel Elliott um, you know the list goes on so um, just to be able to mention and 
um, you know, the, the, that, that same classification with guys in this class. Have you, uh, well, actually, I, I'm hoping you have. Can you share maybe some of the text message reactions that if you've spoken to Chris Godwin, your former Penn State teammate, uh, what his reaction was to Rob Gronkowski? First Tom Brady and then Rob Gronkowski. I, I don't know if you've uh, gotten the scoop from your from the now Buccaneer, but the former Penn State Nittany Lion, Chris Godwin. Uh, no, actually, actually, I haven't. Uh, actually, I haven't. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure, um, you know, he, he's definitely excited. Um, you know, I definitely pretty sure not only him, but everyone uh, in Tampa right now is pretty excited and it's cool. Um, want to see Grop, who, you know, is a tremendous player come back and, um, you know, if not the greatest players ever play, uh, Tom Brady go out there and, uh, you know, uh, with a new fresh look and a fresh start. So, uh, it's exciting. I'm pretty sure. I think, we, I think the Giants get to play them this year. So hopefully we can get back on football and, um, you know, get a good chance to see those guys. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, I got some rapid fire questions for you before we let you go. Just gonna fire away here, and you just tell me uh, what comes to mind. Here we go. If you were not a football player, what would you be? Mm. Are we doing sports or not? Like what? Sports, uh, basketball player, anything you want. Sports. Producer. 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 All right. Uh, if you were Roger Goodell for a day, what is one NFL rule or anything about the NFL that you would change? I don't know. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty okay with the rules right now. Nothing like comes right to my mind that I like, I like to change. What is your favorite football movie? Mm. Uh, remember the Titans. Ah, I saw an Ernie Davis movie yesterday. That was really good. Oh. Uh, but I'm going to remember the Titans. Ah, uh, sorry, Saquon. You were you you're required to say Little Giants, just so you know. Oh, <laughs> that is a great movie too. Uh, rank these three breakfast foods: pancakes, French toast, waffles. Uh, pancake, oh, pancake, homemade waffle or like oh man, okay, um, pancake, <laughs> waffle, French toast. Uh, All right, yeah, pancake, uh, waffle, French toast. One more breakfast question, big controversial one on our show: Pop Tarts, toasted or untoasted? Oh, untoasted. Oh, okay. Uh, what are you watching on Netflix these days? Hmm. And not not much. I, I watch Hulu, to be honest. Oh, okay. What are you watching on Hulu these days? Um, to be honest, uh, the the show that I watch the most, uh, it's like this kid show, Paw Patrol, Patrol or something like that. Paw Patrol, all right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. How about the best defensive player you faced so far in your career? Um. Uh, Keekly. Yeah, and I I will let you you can pass on this one if you don't want to answer it. I don't want to start a controversy, but the meanest fans you've encountered so far in the NFL. Um, I don't know the direct person, but it probably someone from Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, I would have thought they'd be they go easy on you considering the Penn State thing, but I guess not. I just think oh. I just think more about this. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks for what you're doing to help fight COVID nineteen. It was great speaking to you. Um, thanks for having me.